following is a digital media production. Samsonites, welcome to this week's episode. We got a few really interesting quick hits at the top of the program. Some stuff about Guantanamo Bay, the whole Kesha situation we're going to wade into, Joey. I think we had a pretty good conversation about it. Yes, we did. Very enthusiastic. We're also going to get into uh, some recaps of South Carolina, Nevada, and a preview for Super Tuesday. Anyway, I think we have a really nice show for you. Stay tuned. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined by my best friend in the world, Joey Noe. Well, that's a high honor. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome, everyone, to the show. First, my apologies for ending last week's episode a little earlier than planned. I actually, Joey, had the flu, as it turns out. Oh. Yeah. Was it the avian flu? I think it was the Zika virus or something. I, I ended up going. <laughs> I went soon. home. Nope. Exactly on time. I went home and I edited the program. I had to edit another show and I was really hurting while I was doing that. I would like edit something. I go take a nap for three minutes, finish it, got all the shit up. And then I, I, uh, I threw up. It was just a whole nightmare for the whole, you know, how many times did you throw up? <sighs> six seven times i mean it was really not a good uh it was not a good weekend at all it was not a good experience no i did not enjoy myself it's been a long time since i've been that sick i I was not into it but anyway regardless i'm back i'm excited i think we have a really nice show lined up here's what we're going to do today we got a couple of interesting quick hits at the top of the show some stuff that i want to get into Mm -hmm. uh some details about president obama's last chance plan to close guantanamo bay he's still on that He's still on it. I got to be honest, I'm not hopeful that this is going to happen, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, this whole Kesha situation, Joe, are you familiar with what's going on here? Very little. All right, we're going to get into that. It's not something that I typically uh, wade into, but I feel like, whatever, we'll get into it when we get into it. But we're going to get into the Kesha Dr. Luke situation, which I think is uh, important just as a microcosm of something I want to talk about a larger issue. Nevada caucuses in South Carolina recap. Plus a 2016 update, a Democratic South Carolina primary preview, and a little look ahead at Super Tuesday, which we have coming up next week, which could be a really, and is going to be a really big deal. Can we rename that to Trump Tuesday, please? Well, we'll see what the big guy has to do uh, next week. Uh, We're going to get into that, so don't don't you worry. Uh, Also, I want to say this. I noticed a nice bump in the numbers this week. Uh, I appreciate all the support from you guys. I think it looks good. I'm happy that more people are listening to the show. So if you did something to help the program, Thank other you. than just listening to it, yes, we appreciate it. And uh, keep doing it because the numbers went up a little bit. I'm really excited about it. Also, we got some shout outs that we're going to do at the beginning of the show here. Mm-hmm. Before we get to that, David B. on Snapchat sent me a CNN who tweeted Trump or Kanye quiz. Oh, nice. That I'm going to quiz you on, Joey, at some point during the show. Are you ready for that challenge? I am ready, and I just hope that I get all the Kanye's right. I do, too. I mean, it's going to be really embarrassing. i got to be honest. I took the quiz last night uh-huh. hard. I had a hard Ooh. time with it. So we'll see what you do. You, you ready for that? Yes, I am. All right. 
Uh, also, by the way, Shelby producing the program. We really appreciate it, pal. How's it going over there? Oh, right, look at him. He's all far away from the microphone. Hey. That's right. He drops in smooth, calm. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Shelby. All right. Couple of shout outs. Andrew on Snapchat. He is in the military. He's in the Air Force. He's deployed. Mm. He uh, had a pretty long conversation with him about Obama's choice to withdraw troops from Iraq. I had this whole uh, back and forth with him on on Snapchat. Not that it was an argument. It was a great yeah. conversation. I really enjoyed it. I was sick, so it was nice. I had a little, uh, you know, took my mind off feeling like garbage, and it was really fun. And then also, thank you for your service, sir. It was nice to talk to you. And he gave me a suggestion because he knew I was sick. He suggested trying Aragorn's Athelis tea, okay. which he said is really good when you're sick. I was... Like I mentioned, throwing up. I don't want to be graphic, but I was not feeling well. I didn't try the tea. I looked it up, though. It actually sounds really good. It has, like, ginger and mint and different things in so it. So you're going to buy the tea? I might just do I just might make it just now just to stay healthy. Nice. So anyway, but I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the conversation we had as well. Uh, I also want to shout out, shout out Kyle on Snapchat. Uh, we had a really nice conversation about superdelegates. He's still in high school, mm-hmm. and he was... You know, confused about it a little bit, had some different questions. He said that his government teacher wasn't teaching him what he needed to know about it. And that I was like, sounds like a good school. I Well, we're going to get that's a good lead in because we're going to get into uh, something about charter schools in a second. Okay. But anyway, but I had a conversation with Kyle on uh, Snapchat about super delegates, which is fun. It's not something I ever thought would be happening in my life, but I'm very excited about it and I, I'm really happy to do it. So it was, it was a good conversation. If you'd like to Snapchat me, it's at Mansamp. And Joey, you're at Joey from Jersey on Snapchat. Yes. All right. Um, let's get into this first thing. You ready? Do you, you have anything to say? I feel like I monopolized the time right at the beginning here. What do you have on these charter schools, my friend? Okay. Uh, so basically, charter schools are schools that receive public funding but they operate outside of the classic public school curriculum. They're not beholden to those rules. Okay. All right. So there's sort of like a public, in a way, they're a public private entity. Entity. Okay. And they get a lot of better results in a lot of ways uh, in terms of, you know, graduation rates and different test scores and things like this. But I've read an article and I have a clip at the end of this that is infuriating to me, but this is an article I was reading. Success Success Academy. Oh, by the way. Yes. I added something to the soundboard. You ready? Yep. I think that's great. Ah, oh, Hillary. Success. Success. Success Academy, the largest charter school network in New York City, according to the New York Times, has a got-to-go list for kids the school wanted to get rid of. Okay. <laughs> that's it you got nothing to say about that maybe the children were not performing as they should be well we're gonna get into that all right the school has some of the highest test scores in the city okay critics say it's because they throw out less successful students mm. all right before we get into anything else i got a video clip too oh i, I already said that we have a charter with charter schools uh Jesus, what did I even write here? This doesn't even make sense. It's a sense. We have charter schools because, oh, we have charter schools because the regular public school system isn't great, but at least public schools work with the kids they have or try to anyway. They, mm-hmm. they don't have the luxury or whatever you want to call it. I've thrown kids out. Yeah. Like if you're not going to do well, well, forget it. We're not going to deal with you. So of course, test scores are able to stay a lot higher in a charter school, but does that really make it a better system? No, it just means it's essentially like going to a private school, which is what we did growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just an interesting thing because I feel like this is the this is the big conversation about charter schools. They're better than the public school system, yeah, because they don't have to deal with all the kids they don't want to deal with. 
oftentimes lower income kids, higher rate, they don't let them in. They don't have, you know, kids that are, are maybe bilingual or, or have or English as a second language. They, they're not accepting those kids. They're taking kids that are more affluent or are prepared to be in a, in a higher education program. And like that, that way the, te- the test score is going to be screwed then. Absolutely. Success Academy loses children between third and fourth grade at a rate four times that of neighboring public schools. Obviously, this helps them have a huge advantage for test scores. They also don't accept new kids after third grade. Oh, right. So they're, you know, they're teaching these kids. And then if they're no good by third or fourth grade, no good. I'm saying it, like from the, you know, obviously kids are fine, but if they're not able to keep up with the curriculum, they get rid of them. And then they're only going to keep kids that they deem themselves worthy of, of being able to follow the, you know, the, the curriculum. Huh. So it's an interesting thing. Uh, tactics like repeat suspensions are used to force kids out. This is a quote I have this woman, Fatima Gady, who uh, is a parent of one of the kids that goes there. Third grade was the most serious year of testing ever, and they were suspending Jameer, who's her son, like crazy. One day on a practice exam, Jameer's teacher yelled at him. She said she was going to fail him because he wasn't writing fast enough. After that, Jameer had an anxiety attack and had to go to the hospital. That was it for me. I decided I couldn't fight them anymore. My son was deteriorating right before my eyes. So they're also alleging that there's this sort of pattern of abuse towards kids where maybe they can't exactly justify throwing them out of the school. So they just harass these kids until the kids crack and then they get rid of them. It seems a bit much to give a kid a panic attack. Well, of course. I mean, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, like, uh, who knows if it's really a panic attack, whatever. But the kid, obviously, is getting anxious. He's probably concerned that he's getting thrown out of school. You know, he's not a bad kid. He doesn't want to, like, you know, he doesn't, yeah. that's, that's not good. I'm sure he feels terrible about that. All right. The, basically, my point with this whole thing is I think we're at a point in this country where we feel again, like private business and private entities do better than the government. And in some ways they do, but the government is reformable. We control who goes into the government or we certainly select our representatives who then pick people, uh, to a point, to a point, you know, right. To put them into positions of power. But we have a say over that. You don't really, and you don't in a lot of cases have a say over what corporations do and what private and entities do. That's the thing with these charter schools they're picking and choosing who they want to educate, but I think that's the wrong way to go. We have to educate everyone. That, that's, that's really where this has to go. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. It's just a simple point. I don't know. Maybe I'm not making it as well as I, in my head, think mm-hmm. I can make it. But, you know, w- w- if you're able to just get rid of kids in third grade because you're like, well, they don't read fast enough or they're not going to be able to, you know, make our test scores go up, then what do you do? So where does that kid go then? Then he just goes back into the public school system or whatever and who knows what kind of education he's getting. And then we wonder why people aren't prepared for the job market or they, or they you know, whatever. Yeah. People are just not on the right path right from the start. And, and they're not helping the charter school, essentially. It doesn't seem that way. Well, the, the charter school is only concerned about, you know, the students that go there, apparently. Of course. Right. But that's crazy. This is, you know, the United States needs to be focused on this type of stuff. If you're teaching kids the right way and they actually have the ability to learn and do all this stuff, we're going to have a much better economy in the future. You're, you're just investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. This is a clip. Let's just close with this. This clip infuriates me. This is a first grade teacher okay. yelling at a student. Ooh. And I don't like it. If this was my kid, I would go in there and I'd be, it, it'd be a big problem. That's all I'm going to say. 
So this is uh, this is from the New York Times. A lot of this stuff was from the New York Times. They did an investigation about it. Mm-hmm. And the Success Academy is like, well, they have a bias against it. Well, why would they have a bias against you? It's just, it seems nonsense. But anyway, but if you guys want to do some more research about it, it's the New York Times did a lot of this stuff. This is the clip. This shit bothers me, Joey. The following video is surreptitiously recorded by an assistant teacher. In it, a first grader stumbles as she tries to solve a math problem. All right, so this is a kid, first grade. How old mm-hmm. are you in first grade? Good question. Shelby, how old are you when you're in first grade? Nine? Nine years old? Uh, six or nine, around there. You're somewhere between six and nine? Okay. Interestingly, it's MSP 69 this episode, so good call. All right. Doesn't matter, but you're a young kid. Probably not somebody that should be screamed at the way that this woman is doing it. This fucking animal. And this is this is the good school. Yes. Okay. It's the charter the school. one you... You cut or you split. So count it again, making sure you're counting correctly. Count. Shelly. Oh, there's a whole, there's a cla- classic classroom setup. These kids are sitting on the floor, fold, hands folded, legs crossed. They're doing math. This woman, this white, angry teacher, takes the assignment from a six to nine-year-old. We're not really sure, and we're not going to look it up. Takes the paper and fucking just tore it in half. Mm -hmm. Listen to where this goes. Go to the calm down chair and sit. What, What is this, Guantanamo Bay, the calm down chair? She needs to calm down so she can do the math problem. Let the teacher do her job. Play the clip. I think that's great. There's nothing that infuriates me more than when you don't do what's on your paper. Somebody come up and show me how she should have counted to get her answer that was one in a split. Show my friends and teach them. Thank you. Do not go back to your seat and show me one thing and then don't do it here. You're confusing everybody. Okay. You're confusing everybody with your fucking attitude. That's a child you're yelling at because they didn't get a math problem correctly. Come on. Why is she so angry? Why is she screaming at this kid? Is that positive? Some kids are going to respond to that. There are some kids that are weirdos that come from like a weird family and they're going to they're gonna respond to being like, you're a fuck up. Go sit in the calm down chair until you get math right. And they're like, yes, ma'am. And they're going to be fine. Some kids are going to freak out about that. I wouldn't like it. I'm not a math person at all. The, look where I work. I don't do math at all, all day. All I do is yell and talk <laughs> into a microphone and I hang out with comics. I don't, I don't do math at, at all. I'm not good at it. My question is, does it, has, has she have proven results which i think she does well again the question this is first grade Mm. so at this point what difference does it make these kids aren't really being tested they start getting tested third fourth grade and if she fails if she doesn't do well in third grade she's out anyway exactly so this woman's sort of in a low pressure situation here it's just frustrating because i think we complain a lot about teach we i'm saying there's a you know there's a part of the population that complains about teachers teachers unions and i think there's a lot of validity to that i think Personally, I think teachers should be getting paid $100,000 a year, but not necessarily be able to 
you know, avoid being fired or whatever. They should be highly paid, very well regarded because they're creating a whole generation of little monsters that are going to grow up to people that are going to be in the economy, economy and we need them to be intelligent and, and educated. There needs to be accountability, certainly. But I think when you look in this situation, it's like, is this woman a good teacher or is she just a angry yeller that's at a good institution necessarily, you know, and is, get, is reaping the benefit of the fact that they, their mistakes kind of get swept under the rug because they just get rid of the kids. My favorite thing is the, the ripping of it. The, the paper? What Rip a and redo. What a Rip fucking, and redo. What a fucking drama queen. Like, well, this, is a, this is a little snippet of this person's life. I don't know. She it could have just been a bad day. Definitely. I don't think it ever... See, true. But I can't justify yelling at a nine-year-old like that. I just can't. And maybe it's because maybe it's I'm not a teacher. Maybe it's because I'm not a parent or whatever. But it's like, God damn it. That's not your kid. That's abusive. It's weird. What? Chill, lady. You need to relax. It's not that important. Also, a split and a half or whatever she was saying, that's not proper math terms. I, I don't know what kind of math they were doing. Well, okay. Well, anyway. Maybe she was trying to make a Sunday. Fractions, I don't know. Doing fr- uh, Sunday? Yeah. Banana split. Oh, with by ripping the paper? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. <laughs> you, know, you, know you don't know. You have no idea. Uh, anyway, all right. Whatever. Did any of this make sense? I just wanted to put this out there because I think there's uh, this automatic perception that charter schools are better. They're different. They do have different methods, but they if they're able to get rid of kids that they can't teach... You're not impressing me that much. No. If you just get to keep the kids that you know are going to do well, I mean, that's absurd. And also, it shifts towards people of higher economic stature already because they have a bit of a head start, you know? I think it would be a great moment to let everybody to know that they should comment so we know how they feel about it. Absolutely, Joey. It's a great point. The Samsonites, please uh, go on soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can uh, subscribe on there. You can leave a comment on the track. We respond to all of those. That'd be phenomenal. You can also go on iTunes, rate and review. That that helps us go up the charts. The numbers bumped up. I'd like to see us on that news and politics chart. I got to be honest. That would make me feel really happy. Nice. More people will get involved. All right. This is something that came out a few weeks ago, but you know we've been busy with the debate coverage and, and different things like this. After a 12-year legal battle against the Pentagon, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, finally was able to have uh, have released 200 images of U.S. detainee abuse from Bush-era torture in Iraq and Afghanistan. That's it, and it took them 12 years. Took them 12 years. I mean, don't downplay their effort. I mean, clearly that's a lot of work. You know, yes. it's an unbelievable thing to go up against the government like that. These 200 pictures represent... A fraction of what they believe is out there. They believe there's about 1,800 images. The ACLU also believes there are way more graphic images that remain shielded from public view. We talked about the torture report on MSP 09, United Statists of America. If you want to go back and hear about the disgusting abuses that took place, um, you know, in Iraq, Afghanistan, Guantanamo Bay, all over the place, in our name, go listen to that because we're not going to get into that whole thing. But In May 2009, the president ordered that these photos Mm -hmm. remain hidden because their release would, quote, inflame anti-American opinion. Well, what I actually think inflames anti-American opinion is the fact that we torture people in the name of freedom or whatever we want to call it. They released these videos, Joey. I mean, we talked about it in the, you know, from the torture report episode. They killed people. I mean, they left them chained to a wall for days, naked, hypothermia, breaking people's feet and making them stand on it. Fuck. 
Just stuff that is just so sadistic and fucked up and not way out of bounds. They released videos here, uh, pictures here where people like have a bruise on their thigh. You know, different well, stuff like that. it's damage control. Well, of course. And the photos are released out of context with no info about, out of context with no info about the detainees. No unobscured faces either. They, you know, they're playing a cute little game. It took them 12 years to release these, these pictures and it's nothing that is... Inflammatory. Gruesome. You yeah. know, like what we know actually happened. I have a quote from Alex Abdo, who's an ACLU attorney. He says, it's most likely the case that these are the most innocuous of the photos. And if that's true, it's a shadow of meaningful transparency. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's frustrating because it's done in our name. If people saw this stuff, if people really paid attention to the torture report, like this wouldn't, I, I gotta believe we wouldn't be okay with it. When you have people like Trump being like, we're going to do a whole hell of a lot more than waterboarding. And when Marco Rubio says, not only are we not going to close Guantanamo Bay, we're going to get bad guys and send them there and learn everything they know. These guys act like they, that, that this stuff didn't happen, that we don't have the information that torture does not result in any actionable intelligence, that it's counterproductive and also illegal criminal. It's very frustrating to me. Th- this is the stuff that really gets to me, Joey. And this is where we got to go. Never forget this shit. This mm-hmm. is the Bush administration. This is their legacy. Obama trying to close Guantanamo Bay. He's not doing it. It's because, you know, Congress is going to be a problem. We're about to get into Guantanamo Bay yeah. stuff. But it's because it was open to begin with. It's because this stuff was going on there to begin with. Never forget that. The legacy of the Bush administration is criminality, torture, loss of life a war a war endless war isis this whole disaster all this shit all the foreign policy discussion all of this the economy collapsing it all happened under bush and i refuse to accept i refuse period i refuse to accept that somehow it was clinton's fault or it was obama's fault. no who was in office who was there bush period that stuff really upsets me. So we're going to stay on top of that. It's going to be probably be another 12 years before this shit comes out, you know, before we get any... You're probably never going to see the pictures. No, and you don't really get to see, um, you know, you don't really get to see much here. Not that I was like, oh boy, I can't wait to see, you know, but you, it's true. They're, they're, not do, they're not giving you the, the information that, you know, has been requested by the ACLU. So that's something I just wanted to put out there because it happened a couple of weeks ago and I feel like we didn't, you know, we didn't bring it up, but... I think it is worth bringing up. This segues perfectly into the next thing that I wanted to talk about. This is um, Barack Obama's final chance to close Guantanamo Bay. Um, I have a video clip of Obama explaining his decision, and then we'll get into a little bit, a little bit of the plan, and then a couple of quotes that I have. Right. So this is Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, talking about his final attempt to close Guantanamo Bay. When it becomes clear that something is not working as intended, when it does not advance our security, we have to change course. For many years, it's been clear that the detention facility at Guantanamo Bay does not advance our national security. It undermines it. This is not just my opinion. This is the opinion of experts. This is the opinion of many in our military. It's counterproductive to our fight against terrorists because they use it as propaganda in their efforts to recruit. 
it drains military resources. With nearly $450 million spent last year alone to keep it running, and more than $200 million in additional costs needed to keep it open going forward for less than 100 detainees. Guantanamo harms our partnerships with allies and other countries whose cooperation we need against terrorism. When I talk to other world leaders, they bring up the fact that Guantanamo is not resolved. Today, the Department is submitting to Congress our plan for finally closing the facility at Guantanamo once and for all. It's a plan that reflects the hard work of my entire national security team. Okay. Straightforward, not something, obviously, stuff that we've heard from Obama before. He's, you know, tried to lay out this case. This is the plan, you know, essentially, mm -hmm. very quickly. There's 91 prisoners left. The plan is to send 35 of them to foreign country prisons. They can't send them home. They think that they're dangerous. You know, they can't be just released. So they're going to send them to other countries, and that's where they would be housed. Ten are in the process of a military trial. They would either go to a foreign prison like the other 35, or they would be released, depending on the findings of the military trial. 22 are going, they're hoping to um, try in civil court and then potentially have them go to U.S. prisons because they're not that dangerous and we mm -hmm. think we have enough evidence to convict them. 34 to be determined. They can either be released, sent to a foreign prison, or uh, face trial and then go to a U.S. prison. All right. If you ask me, that does not sound like a plan whatsoever. Well... Okay, why? Well, what's the matter with that? Well, they should be more definite on what they're going to do with 35 people. Well, yeah, here's the problem. This is, again, the problem. And according to The Intercept, if this thing was implemented as you know Obama intends it to be, mm -hmm. the Gitmo closure plan would establish indefinite detention on U.S. soil. Ooh. Okay, and that's to your point, I think. What do you do with these 35 guys? If you can't try them, you can't release them, you can't send them to a foreign prison, what do you do? You just got to hold on to them. But if we're closing Guantanamo, there is no Guantanamo, so where, where do they go? Which is They'd, technically illegal, is it not? Not technically illegal. It's, it's extremely illegal, illegal to just... You, ha you have... The people have rights just uh, as being human. You can't just indefinitely de detain them for no reason um, or without proving the, you know, what they did. Good. Mm -hmm. no, good. Well, because I was going to say, back in 2008, the Supreme Court ruled that they have a right to challenge their... Um, their detention. Yes. Yeah, but that, and in some cases they were able to get released or whatever. I mean, we talked about Shakar Amr a number, you know, mm -hmm. a number of times. He's probably the most famous one, but there's other people in the same situation that who knows what the fuck they did. Uh, this is a quote from Omar Shakir from the Center for Constitutional Rights. He's a lawyer there. He says, the administration's proposal contains a number of measures that we have long advocated, but importing indefinite detention to the United States is not a plan to close Guantanamo. It's a plan to move Guantanamo to another zip code. While the administration's plan contains a number of laudable steps, the legal blueprint for detaining these men in the United States sets a dangerous precedent for others a future administration may deem terrorists. We have already seen significant due process violations and abuses in the handling of these cases, with people being subjected to torture and imprisonment for years without charge. Creating a legal regime to justify indefinite detention would create grave dangers for future individuals or groups detained in a U.S. context. Right. That's the danger. But thanks again. Once again, W, you raging fuck up. Like, you've created this situation. What are you supposed to do? He's between a rock and a hard place. You can't just let these people out. What? 
No, I, I, I just thought that would be a good title, but... Write yeah. it down, maybe. Thanks thanks again, W, you raging fuck-up. I mean, we could probably clean it up for the title. I, I It's just infuriating because I feel like the farther we get away from the Bush administration, people are willing to let them off the hook about a lot of stuff. And they think, oh, Bush is cute. Look at his stupid paintings. He's an asshole, and his administration was disastrous. It's one of the worst in history. People talk about Obama. Really, what's so bad under Obama's reign? And there's a lot of shit that I, I disagree with Obama on, but like... It goes nowhere. It doesn't approaches nowhere near the disaster that the Bush administration was. The maliciousness. Yes, the, it's evil. There's an evil factor to that to that administration. The other thing too, which we have to keep in mind, is because of that defense bill. It's the NDA. Yes, yeah. it's currently illegal to transfer any of the detainees. Yes, they in the NDAA, which is the essentially funding bill for the military and for you know it's like the portion that deals with the military yeah they have language in there that says you cannot move anybody from Guantanamo Bay to US soil yeah of course because the because the republicans this is a very you know political hot potato like they're never going to be like yeah it's fine we can probably handle these guys they, they because if Guantanamo isn't where we put the worst and torture works, then everything they've been saying for a decade or more is wrong. So they have to keep saying this. They have to keep pretending that Guantanamo Bay houses the worst of the worst and that by waterboarding them and doing all the shit, you know, force feeding them, we're, we're getting information that we need. It's not true. It's not credible. Well, even if it were true, it's, it's been 12 uh, years. It's time to... Well, it's still illegal, no matter what. It's every, you know, it, it, we're violating the law. People should be in jail. That's what Ob I mean. That was the first huge disappointment for me when Obama took office. It felt like he was going to come in, clean house. Bush, Cheney, they should have faced trials. I mean, certainly the Justice Department people, the people that work there. It's like the Nazis, where, where they go, we were just following orders. Tough shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. You got to know at a certain point that this is, you know, like. It's very fresh. Whatever. We don't, you know, you, you hear what I'm saying. Yes. Noreen Shah, who's the director of the Security and Human Rights Program at Amnesty International, says the Obama administration is embracing, in some ways, a paradigm created by Bush. When public officials in multiple administrations endorse the position that you can hold someone in jail without charge until they die, that makes it the new normal. And such measures would be less extreme for a future president. Right. Yes. It creates a precedent. And that's the goddamn danger of when Obama takes over, he goes, well, you know, that's in the past. It's not in the past. It continues in the present. It will continue on into the future, and it will affect future generations of people all over the world. It's not in the past. You cannot create this precedent. It might seem petty. It might seem political, but it's not. It's the rule of law. And internationally, amongst the community of nations, that would have been a very well-respected decision to say, even the president of the United States is not immune when it comes to things like this. This is against the law. You created something extremely illegal that violates all kinds of human rights. Somebody needs to pay for this. And no one is going to. Absolutely not. We are going to. That's who's going to pay. Don't be surprised when terrorists crop up and they have a lot, you know, wh where are they getting that motivation from? Of course, there's a lot of factors, but you don't think this plays into it? You know, like there's generations of kids in different countries where they go, well, I don't know who my dad is. We saw it with Shaka Rummer. Mm -hmm. I don't know who my dad is because he's been in indefinite detention for 13 years because he didn't do anything because he happened to be in Afghanistan. It's like, man, you don't think that that builds up a lot of resentment around the world? It does, but I'm assuming that most of the detainees 
did do something? Or is there... Nope, there's no proof of that. That's the thing. In some cases, I'm sure, yes, there are people that did things. In a lot of other cases, it's A, unclear, and B, proven that they didn't. People have been cleared. There are people there that have been cleared for release, and they just won't release them. That's what we talked about with Shaka Rammer. There's a presumption of guilt, even if it's already been proven that you're not guilty and that you should be released. That's what's unfair about it and what's disgusting about it. It's a despicable thing that is a, a fucking blight on our country. It really is. There's no other way to put it. And it's crazy that this is not something that gets talked about more all the time as a disgrace and it only comes up really in Republican uh, debates because they're like, it's a great idea. We're not going to close it. It becomes a rallying point against Obama. It's absolutely mental. It's cra- It's a crazy thing. Final thoughts on that? I mean, I think I said my piece, right? You, you said your piece. And by the way, he's not going to be able to close Guantanamo Bay. I mean, this, this is no. you know, the main point of this. It's never going to happen, which is even crazier. But Well, I think you should emphasize more on the money issue. That yeah. it would save everybody three hundred thirty-five million. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I mean, maybe maybe it's a tactic. You would think that that might work with some kind of fiscal fiscal conservatives. But then you look at Rubio, who's an establishment guy, and he wants to rebuild the military after Obama destroyed it. It's like, so you want to spend more money? But I thought you were against the debt. Oh, but that's not doesn't count against the debt because it's military. Mm-hmm. They don't care. The, that three hundred million dollars is it's all bullshit. What they're spewing out, they they don't care about that money. <sighs> All right, we're like 30 minutes in. Okay. I think it's going to be a bit of a longer episode, which is fine. Yeah. You want to get into this Kesha thing, then we'll take our quick little break, and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll have a little word from our sponsors, and then we'll um, get into the quiz for you. Yes. All right. This is something we don't normally get into. I'm just going to explain what the deal is, and then I'll say a couple of words, get some quotes, and whatever. We can just mm-hmm. have a conversation about it. The singer, Kesha, filed a lawsuit against Lucas Sebastian Gottwald, a.k.a. Dr. Luke, in 2014, requesting to be let out of her contract with Sony and Kimasabi Records, which is Dr. Luke's like label under uh, Sony, mm-hmm. claiming Dr. Luke began physically and sexually abusing her soon after signing with him in 2005 as an 18-year-old. All right? Now, Judge Shirley Cornreich, there's a lot of crazy names in this, There says, this is the part of the ruling, and then we can get mm-hmm. into it, There has been no showing of irreparable harm. I don't understand why I have to take an extraordinary measure of granting an injunction. And then she's citing the lack of medical evidence, such as hospital records, to corroborate the assault allegations. She went on to say that her instinct was, quote, to do the commercially reasonable thing and noted that Sony had agreed to let Kesha record without Dr. Luke's participation, an agreement Kesha's lawyer said would set up the singer for failure since Sony's interests lie in promoting Gottwald, meaning she doesn't have to work with this guy. They've mm-hmm. said you don't have to do that. You're not getting out of your contract. If you want to work with a different producer, that's fine. Kesha's saying, okay, but if I don't work with this guy, you're not going to give me a producer that's going to make a good album or you're not going to want to promote that because your guy is Dr. Luke. And without that, my career is going to go nowhere. You're just going to stall my career for for decades until the contract runs out. Do we know how long the contract's for? I, I don't know, actually. I would love to know. Well, this is just sort of, the, look it up. This is just sort of the background. I, this is mm-hmm. not really what I wanted to get into on it. I, I have some Kesha quotes and things like this. The reason why I wanted to talk about it, though, here's what I'm going to say off the top. Yes. I don't like Kesha, okay? I'm not a fan of her music. I find her annoying in a lot of ways. I've never liked her. I don't like the stuff that she says. I just don't like her. 
Also, I think if somebody is a rapist and is convicted as being a rapist, they should go to jail for life. It's probably the most heinous thing that can happen to you and still live, right? I mean, yes. murder is probably the wor- is the worst thing that can happen. Rape is right under that, particularly for women. Obviously, men get raped as well, but I'm just saying that's like a horrific physical, mental trauma that no, you know, nobody should have to experience it. If you do that, you're an animal and you should be put in a cage. We don't need you. You're a problem. Okay. So that's what I'm saying at the top here. The real reason I wanted to bring this up is because I feel like the conversation has been happening lately or what, you know, whatever, where there, there are certain groups, women's groups that say, if a woman says that anything happened, se- sexual assault, they regret it. Anything that happens, mm-hmm. you have to take, you have to, you have to hear what they say, and you, you can't argue with them. If they say it's a rape or they feel like they were assaulted, it is, and you can't say otherwise, right? That's kind of what the conversation has been. By the same token, though, I feel like there are people on the other side of the coin who say when that comes up, well, what about women that make up the fact that they were raped? Both of these are the wrong way, I think, to look at this argument. I think it needs to be framed, reframed differently. Okay. In a lot of ways, in a lot of cases, women like Kesha wait a decade or something. The Cosby case. A lot of, a lot of women that are sexually assaulted, supposedly, right? It's alleged mm-hmm. to come out way later and allege that something happened because maybe now they feel comfortable enough to do it. They've kind of worked through that issue or it's come to a point where they have to say something because it's ruining their life or whatever. The reason why they do that is because the police don't take these instances seriously in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. A woman could get raped on Monday, go, you know, in the wee hours of the morning on Tuesday and say, I was raped. The cops mishandled the evidence. They don't do the rape kit correctly. They don't take the woman seriously. That's what the conversation should be about, I think. If we really want to make something happen, it has to be, I understand it's difficult. I've never been in the situation and I can't imagine it because I'm not a woman and I've never, you know, I I don't know. The situation has to be if you are sexually assaulted or you're raped, whatever it is, and you feel violated, you have to go to the police. You you can't wait because the longer it goes, the less likely it is that they're going to be able to find evidence. There's a lot of hearsay. You know, it Mm -hmm. it just, the odds are against you then at that point, which I'm sorry to say, I understand that if it's 10 years later, I understand that it's going to be very hard to prove that. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it's going to be very hard to prove yes. it. The conversation, and I get also that it's extremely traumatic. It's very difficult, but you have to, you have to, if you're going to make a move for yourself, you have to try to go to the police immediately and get it taken care of or go to a hospital and make sure that it's handled correctly. At the same time, pressure needs to be put on the police to handle these cases correctly. Take the women seriously. Prove it. Let it bear out. If she's lying, it will come out. If the guy raped her, it will come out, and that guy should go to jail, and justice can be done. The problem, I think, is that the conversation is you can't ever question a woman when she says she was raped, and other people say, well, women make stuff up. So then it becomes this weird gray area hearsay, and nothing, it seems like, gets done in a majority of cases. Well, the other thing we need, I, I would say we should keep in mind, too, is I'm pretty sure that a lot of these women feel ashamed as well. Definitely. It's a big aspect and, of it. And that's a bigger aspect than we give credit to. 
Right. Well, but that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I think that 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 is why people, women, whoever gets raped, don't go and report it because there is an element of shame. They feel like they did something wrong. But believe me, if you got raped, you didn't do anything wrong. The person that raped you is the animal that deserves to be in prison for life. And they, and they did the wrong thing. The stigma, I think, is when people go to the police and they are brave enough to pull themselves together to go to the to go and report something like it's this. It's not handled correctly. It's not handled correctly, and then that becomes infuriating and an embarrassment, and you can become depressed. I get it. That's where the conversation needs to take place. It needs to be unfortunate. I'm not blaming the victim, but the onus needs to be on the victim for that night. You have to. You got to put on a brave face. You have to try to speak up. By the same token, in no means do I, I mean to apply that I think the cops are doing their job correctly. They're not. And there needs to be a much more rigorous process. Maybe it's, maybe it's as simple as hiring sexual assault counselors at police departments, having women there that understand what happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe people that had been raped that have gotten through the trauma or found ways past it that want to help have them on site at police departments. So, you know, if you got sexually assaulted, you can go to your police department and there are going to be people there that understand what happened and they can handle the situation correctly and help you. Yeah. Because I don't want people to get raped and I want people that are rapists to go to jail. I want them to be out of here because that's what, that's why this case is so interesting to me because Kesha's not trying to get this guy, this fucking Dr. Luke to go to jail. Um, she just doesn't want to work with him because she says he raped her and she doesn't want to deal with that. That shouldn't even be an issue. It shouldn't even have to be a problem because this fucker should be in jail if she went to the police, they handled it, and he was guilty. That's how it should work. Yes. And I understand that we don't live in a system where that is how it, it works now, but that's where the uh, that's where the direction should be and where the conversation should be. Stop arguing with people that think that women make stuff up. Some of them do. You're right. Stop arguing with people that think that every woman that is, you know, anything that happened, you can't ask them questions about it. No, that's wrong, too. There's a process. And I think we can work it out where victims get justice and people that are falsely accused also have a process to go through where they, you know, I feel this is something that's going to take some time to rectify. I just don't feel that this is going to be the case that does it. No, there's by a long shot. Well, there's too much. Right. I mean, there's too much tied up in it because I have the quote here. Why don't we get into the quotes mm-hmm. then? Because you're right. But I mean, I think you understand what I'm saying. I yes. mean, I'm not trying to, again, I'm, I'm sense. I'm very sensitive to the idea of people being, you know, women being tra- traumatized by something that is ab- absolutely horrible. And I understand waiting, but the longer you wait, then I also have to say, I understand why after 10 years or something, you, it's going to be very hard for you to get some kind of justice because how could there be any evidence and there's too much too much time has passed, you know? The person that is being accused ha- has time on their side, you yes. know? Um, all right. This is Kesha's quote. I'll read Dr. Luke's quote, and then we can kind of move on from it. It's just something that, that hit me this week that I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, and whatever. You guys let me know what your thoughts are on that. But again, the conversation needs to be shifted towards helping the victims in the immediate aftermath. Yes. Kesha says, this is a, through a Facebook post, All I ever wanted was to be able to make music without being afraid, scared, or abused. This case has never been about a renegotiation of my record contract. It was never about getting a bigger or a better deal. This is about being free from my abuser. I would be willing willing to work with Sony if they do the right thing and break all ties that bind me to my abuser. But at this point, this issue is bigger than just about me. 
I think about young girls today. I don't want my future daughter or your daughter, your daughter, or any person to be afraid that they will be punished if they speak out about being abused, especially if their abuser is in a position of power. Which, right, I mean, yes. saying with the Cosby thing, that's a big deal. And again, those women were afraid to come out because he's a big, powerful guy. Um, they're probably confused about what the hell happened there to begin with. But if the right things were in place, the police department it shouldn't. It should absolutely not make a goddamn difference whatsoever. Yes, you know. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think that my case is giving people who have been abused confidence that they can speak out, and that's a problem. I agree with her. But I just want to say that if you have been abused, please don't be afraid to speak out. There are places that will make you feel safe. There are people who will help you. I, for one, will stand beside you and behind you. I now know that how this all feels, and I will forever fight for you the way perfect strangers have been fighting for me, which is a very nice statement. Yes. You know, I, I get what she's saying there and right. But I, I, I've got to believe that people that have been raped, if you knew that you could go to the police and you'd get a fair process there, and there was a very likely possibility that if somebody raped you, they're going to go to jail. I got to feel like that's a healing that in and of itself is a healing process that you're taking the power back uh, away from somebody that took power from you, you know, made you yes. feel helpless. This I feel is an interesting scenario though. Because there was precedence already set. Because in an earlier lawsuit, she was asked if there was any involvement. With Dr. Luke. Yeah. With Dr. Luke, and she said no. Right. Right. And that's the thing. This is what I'm saying. The longer this shit goes on, the harder it gets. Because Right, because maybe she didn't want to say it at that time, and she lied. But that, that mindset, I think, is, is a very bad... It's not... I understand that you're not in your right mind if you're feeling traumatized and whatever, but that's something that we really, really have to prioritize. You, you, we got to make people feel like they have the right option, right? Because maybe she didn't want to say it and she, mm -hmm. li you know, she lied about it. Or again, th this is the thing. This maybe he didn't rate. You know, like we don't know. I want to believe her if it's true, but I don't know. It's too yeah. long, and that there has to be some kind of process. And I that that was my point. I don't think it's. It's got to be okay to say I'm going to reserve judgment until the process takes place and we see what happened. We're not going to know in this case. So now you're put in the position of defending this guy who maybe didn't rape her and is now having his name dragged through the mud or you're def or you're ignoring a rape victim. You know what I mean? So yes. it's this horrible situation and that that becomes the problem and the argument then becomes about well you can't ever deny a rape victim and you can't, you know, it becomes this whole crazy thing. No, let's just get to the truth and let's fucking really have a process and punish people that have done wrong. And if they didn't do wrong, then let's let's uh, absolve them of that. For some reason, I fear that the money aspect is 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 a major part of this. Though, what money aspect? What do you mean? The whole contract in itself. Yeah, of course, but that's part of it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it would make sense if if, if, she, if this guy raped her and she had to work with him all the time or whatever, she felt like her career was going to be ruined because she, excuse me, didn't want to work with somebody that raped her. Yeah, of course the money's a part of it and it should be. <laughs> she shouldn't have to suffer, her lose her career over the fact that somebody took advantage of her. Yes. She didn't do anything wrong if she got raped. That's ridiculous. This is Dr. Let's wrap up with this. Mm -hmm. This is Dr. Luke. I mean, I think we have a good conversation. This is what I wanted to do. Dr. Luke... At the Dr. Luke on Twitter. What's he a doctor of? Music, I guess. Okay. Production skills. Um, this is a bunch of tweets I put together, and I'll just read it as a statement. Until now, I haven't commented on the lawsuits, which should be resolved in court, not here on Twitter. It's a shame that there is so much speculation out there basing itself on so little information. 
The only truly objective, excuse me, person who knows the facts is the judge. The judge did not rule in Kesha's favor on Friday. I understand why people without all the information are speaking out. I can appreciate their compassion, but lives can get ruined when there's a rush to judgment before all the facts come out. Look what happened at UVA, Duke, etc. Of course, any sane person is against rape and sexual assault, but everybody who is commenting is doing so without knowledge or facts. They are getting behind an allegation only, motivated by money. I didn't rape Kesha, and I have never had sex with her. Kesha and I were friends for many years, and she was like my little sister. Kesha has denied under oath the horrible allegations now being made against me. Here is the testimony that he included, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, the, uh, the deposition there. Again... It's impossible to know. You you don't want to say, well, because she could be making it up, but quite frankly, she could be, unless it's proven. But I don't know. You know, that's the thing. And then people yes. will get mad at me for saying that, that we don't know she could be lying. She could be. And that's the problem with, you know, this this whole 10 year thing. Who, who knows what the deal is? And obviously, this guy could be lying too. Ooh. Yes. I, I do like the fact that he says that he shouldn't be done on Twitter, but then proceeds to do it on Twitter. Well, of course, because, I mean, he's got he's to say something. You know what I mean? He can't say anything. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a bad situation all around. You don't want people to get raped, and you don't want people to be accused of rape if they didn't do it. It's, it's not a good situation. Taylor Swift, by the way, mm-hmm. donated $250,000 to Kesha as a show of support. If you had to guess Kesha's net worth, what would you say Kesha's net worth is? Mm. Six million? Forty million dollars. Wow, what? Forty million dollars. If it's nice that Taylor Swift gave her two hundred fifty thousand dollars as a show of support. You know it's a bigger show of support? Paying her legal fees or getting involved somehow in another way. Like I, I know I, I I don't like Taylor Swift, so I often like go after her, but it just seems like two hundred fifty thousand dollars to Kesha, who's a has forty million dollars, and is pretty much going to be fine for the rest of her life. That's sort of an empty gesture. Why not donate a million dollars to a rape counseling center or a rape crisis? Do something that's going to benefit people that don't have forty million dollars in the bank. Not that I'm saying that that forty million is going to just get rid of her problems. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But like, to drop in the bucket for Kesha, help people that are that are, you know, suffering without the forty million dollars. Well, you know what. After Kesha, is that nitpicky? I don't know. No, no. no. After Kesha and Taylor hear our podcast, they're going right after this to go and help victims. Yeah, they're going to open a charity. They're going to do a bunch of great stuff. I agree. Listen, Taylor Swift and Kesha. If you're when you listen to this, Matt Man Samp on Twitter, Joey's at Joey from Jersey. You can email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com. I'd be happy to we'll call in. We'll do whatever. We'll set it up. So you let me know what you want to do. When you when you hear this, you just get in touch. And we will let you speak. Correct. Hey, it's your boy Ocho, man of the Ocho Cinco and Dukes podcast. Check out our podcast to hear my thoughts on sports, life, relationships, and the number one thing that means the most to me, love. Find new and archived episodes of the Ocho Cinco and Dukes podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. All right, Joey, you want to get into this quiz that I have for you, bud? Yes, I do. I'm kind of excited about this. I felt like you were excited about it. Are you excited yes, about I'm it? Yes, I'm excited about it. Hit me with it. Go. Oh, hold on a minute. Relax. Oh, oh, relax, buddy. Just chill out. This is who tweeted it. Donald Trump or Kanye West? This was sent by David B. Like I said on Snapchat, I appreciate it. You're helping out the program today. You're doing a little bit of uh, production work for us. It's on CNN. You ready? Mm-hmm. 
I think there's like 10 of them or something. And then I, I, do you want me to tell you when you get them right or wrong here or, or wait till the end to tally it up? What do you think would be funnier? I don't know. I think we'll tally it up at the end. Okay. I have no, Okay. So now again, these are just tweets. You tell me who said it, Trump okay. or Kanye. I have never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> Yeah, you think these are going to be easy? <laughs> uh, oh, well. No, I'm going Trump. All right. We'll mark it down. Also, for anyone that has money, they know the first rule is to use other people's money. Oh, Kanye. <laughs> wow, you're very confident <laughs> about that one. Don't look at the screen because you'll I'm see what's going on. I'm not looking at the All screen. Right. We want to innovate and we will win someday. Trump. All right. Let's go with Trump there. Sorry, losers and haters, but my IQ is one of the highest and you all know it. Please don't feel so stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's crazy because who? It, yeah, I know, it literally I know. could be either one of them. There's no way to know. Uh, I like uh, Kanye. All right, let's go with Kanye. By the way, so we're going to do this quiz, and then we're going to get into like Nevada, South Carolina yes. results in a 2016 update. Okay. The doors may be heavier, but I promise you we will break them. Kanye. All right. My Twitter has become so powerful that I can actually make my enemies tell the truth. Oh, let's go Trump on that. Trumpy. All right. Yes, I am personally rich and I can buy furs and houses for my family. <laughs> Kanye. Kanye. It's, it's so funny. It could be either one, though. <laughs> President Obama, close down the flights from Ebola-infected areas right now before it is too late. What the hell is wrong with you? Trump. All right. I have no interest in working with anyone who's too important or too good or too traditional to take a call at 3 a.m. Trump. All right. I actually know that one. At Katy Perry. Katie, what the hell were you thinking when you married loser Russell Brand? There is a guy who has got nothing going. A waste. That should be an obvious one, I feel like. Kanye. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I, okay. I, I selected Trump on that one because it is Trump. Sorry, I fucked up. It was oh. Trump. That was an obvious one. He used loser. Okay. That's very Trump. I like to address the false stories and noise that have been engineered by the media. Trump. Trump. Sorry, there is no star on the stage tonight. Trump. Okay. Entrepreneurs, be tough, be smart, be personable, but don't take things personally. That's good business. Kanye. All right. My number one enemy has been my ego. There's only one throne, and that's God's. Kanye. All right. Last one. Mm -hmm. I am an ultra light beaming right now. So many people have called or emailed to help today. Hedge fund guys, billionaires, etc. Trump. All right. Joey, no, you got nine out of 15 correctly. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, How many did you got? I did not do well. I got like four. Oh, okay. But I was just kind of going through it. Yeah. I guess I probably should have said which ones you got right or wrong. Well, it doesn't matter. It's fun. If you guys want to do it, it's just a CNN uh, Trump Kanye who tweeted poll. So you can go check it out. That's kind of fun. I, I like that. We should look for more stuff like that, Joey, to uh, test you on the program. Yes. All right. You ready to get into the South Carolina and Nevada results? Nevada did speak and loudly. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into Donald Trump's uh, victory speech in Nevada at the end mm, of this. Nice. Thing. But I have, I have the results first. South Carolina GOP side. Donald Trump, 32.5% of the vote, 50 delegates. Marco Rubio, 22.5% of the vote, no delegates. Nobody else got delegates. Trump took all the delegates in South Carolina. Cruz, 22.3%, narrowly came in third place. Then Bush, 7.8%. Jeb Bush, mercifully, out of the race. 
Finally. Finally out. It was a disaster. So sad. Kasich finished in fifth, 7.6%. Ben Carson still in the race, 7.2%. None of them took any delegates. The Democrat, that was on uh, February 20th. The Democrats, February 27th is when their South Carolina primary is. Hillary Clinton has a more than 99% chance of winning that primary. According to Nate Silver, Bernie's at less than 1%. That's going to be a big problem. I think Bernie's in trouble, man. I don't think he's going to be able to do this thing. We see Super Tuesday. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm feeling less hopeful about this than ever before. All right, Nevada results. The Democrats were on the Well, tw- I, I do have to say, his speech sounded completely different. Like the tone of it. He, he yes. made it seem like he pretty much won in South Carolina because he was close, right? And he, yes. he, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. He's going to get his ass handed to him in South Carolina. I think it's going to be a big problem, but we'll, we'll talk about that next week. The Democrats on February 20th, had their Nevada caucus. Uh, Clinton won that 52.6%, 20 delegates. Sanders finished in second place, obviously, 47.3, 15 delegates. Close. He needed a win there, probably. It's going to be, he's now trying, he's behind now. He's behind. He's going to have to pick up more delegates than he would have had if he, if he had won Nevada. He, he would be able to lose a couple delegates here and there and still win the nomination. Now, every time, he's going to have to kind of overperform, which is an uphill climb against Hillary Clinton. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Okay. In Nevada, Donald John Trump, first place, 45.9% of the vote, 14 delegates. Marco Rubio, Marco... My father was a bartender. Rubio came in second place, 23.9% of the vote, seven delegates. Cruz, 21.4, six delegates. Carson, 4.8, one delegate. Kasich. Oh, he got a delegate. He did. Yay. He did. Uh, Kasich, 3.6%, one delegate. <gasps> that's all. So that's officially the first delegates, right? No, I think no, Kasich came in second in uh, wherever. Um, New Hampshire. He got delegates there, I think. Okay. It's okay. I mean, look, he's doing he's doing all right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the big news obviously is that Trump wins Nevada. It looks honestly like if Trump this is what I'm gonna say, this is my prediction here. Mm-hmm. If Trump No, you know what? Let's get into it at the end. We we I have the uh we, we have the recap the preview rather. We'll get into that. Do you want to listen to Donald Trump's because you didn't see it? I think a lot I of people did because it. it was later at night, it was like twelve thirty when he went on. This is Donald Trump's victory speech in Nevada. It's like I'm going to tell you what, Samson, it's like eight minutes. It's pure gold. Mm -hmm. We could tap out of it whenever we want, but I think it's worth listening to because, again, this is the guy that I think is, you know, it looks like he's going to wrap up the nomination probably on Tuesday. Let's listen to what he has to say, all right? And you Mm -hmm. tell me if you want to stop, Joey, or or whatever. You have to make a comment. We'll do this, and then we'll get to the uh, preview for, you know, Super Tuesday and everything, and then we'll wrap up the show. I think it's been been a good one so far. All right. Donald Trump at the podium in Nevada. He's the front runner by far in the Republican process. We love Nevada. We love Nevada. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, This is a great place. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great evening. We will be celebrating for a long time tonight. Have a good time. Have a good time. 
You know, we weren't expected a couple of months ago, we weren't expected to win this one. You know that, right? That's not true. But... We weren't. <laughs> of course, if you listen to the pundits, we weren't expected to win too much, and now we're winning, winning, winning the country. And soon the country is going to start winning, winning, winning. Nicely done. Wait for it. So I want to thank uh, the volunteers. They've been unbelievable. These people, they work like endlessly, endlessly. We're not going to forget it. And we've had some great numbers coming out of Texas. Oops. Who's, oh. that? who's that a dagger thrown at, Joey? Ted. And amazing numbers coming out of Tennessee and Georgia and Arkansas. And then in a couple of weeks later, Florida. We love Florida. So. Who's, that a, who's that a dagger at? Jeb. No, well, and somebody else. Oh, Rubio. We're going to do very well in Ohio. We're Kasich. <laughs> Kasich. <laughs> beating the governor. That's good. It's always <laughs> nice to be beating the governor. Yeah, it's always nice and to be Michigan, beating the governor. Michigan, the whole thing. I mean, it's going to be an amazing two months. We might not even need the two months, folks, to be honest. All right? Wow. Which, confident, he's right. And we'll get into it a little bit in the update. But if Trump gets the nomination, I think it's better for the Democrats mm-hmm. if Trump gets the nomination very early, if he, even as early as next week. I think it really benefits them. So tonight we had 45 46%. And tomorrow you'll be hearing, you know... If they could just take the other candidates and add them up. And if you could add them up, because, you know, the other candidates amount to 55%. So if they could just add, they keep forgetting that when people drop out, we're going to get a lot of votes. You know, they keep forgetting. They don't say it. So I want to begin by thanking my boys. Eric has been all over the place making speeches. He's getting better than me, so I'm a little jealous. And Don went up to Elko, and you were all over, right? And he loves the rifle stuff. This is serious rifle. This is serious NRA, both of them. So, both of them. (laughs) Nicely done. Well, of course. He's not an idiot. Trump is great at this. Like, that's that's the thing that people are realizing, and we said it right from the start. The guy's a great entertainer. Yes. He's great on the mic, and he's way better than... We'll get we'll get into it because mm-hmm. we had a little argument before the show and I was like whatever we'll get to it yeah we'll get to it bring it up at the end of this uh, this little speech we'll, we'll wrap up with that we love the Second Amendment folks nobody loves it more than us so just remember that <laughs> all right and Corey and Hope the staff the whole group and Charles and Dan and what a group we have it's just been amazing I want to just thank a couple of friends of mine that are here the owner of this incredible hotel Mr and Mrs Phil Ruffin stand up. Great guy. Phil said, Donald, like for the last three months, he's driving me crazy. He said, Donald, I want to put $10 million into your campaign. I said, Phil, I don't want your money. I don't want to do it. I'm self-funding. Every time I see him, it's... Is he, though? (laughs) Is he really? Yes, he is. Hard for me to turn down money because that's not what I've done in my whole life. I grab and grab and grab. You know, I get greedy. I want money, money. Now I'm going to, I'll tell you what we're going to do, right? We get greedy, right? Now we're going to get greedy for the United States. We're going to grab and grab and grab. We're going to bring in so much money and so much everything. 
We're going to bring in so much money and so much everything. We're going to get greedy for this country and grab and grab and grab. Yes. He's speaking to the people. What people? The people that are going to vote People that have been in car accidents and can't think right? We're going to make America great again, folks. I'm telling you, we're going to make America great again. And another great friend of mine, somebody respected by everybody, a great friend of Phil, too. Respected by everybody. Mr. Steve Wynn. Stand up, Steve. Stand up. Two great people. Steve is always calling. He's always got advice. Right, Steve? Donald, I think you ought to do this and that. His advice I like to listen to. I'll be honest with you. So, Phil and Steve and families, we appreciate it. You've been great friends. Thank you. Thank you. So, this was very exciting tonight, but I'll tell you, it looks like we won by a lot, evangelicals. I love the evangelicals. Yeah, sure. And I have to tell you, Pastor Jeffress has been so incredible. Name dropping, love it. He has been great. And as you know, Liberty University, do we love Liberty University? Huh? Jerry Falwell. You know, I, I don't believe how everyone can say he's full of hate. He's filled of love. He loves everyone. Right. I mean, that's the that's the interesting thing because I think a lot of people on the you know people that don't support him talk about his positions against immigrants and different things mm-hmm. like this. But he he and and right, rightly so. I mean, he's got an insane you know uh, deportation policy and all, all this stuff that he said. It's crazy. The wall, every, banning Muslims, all the shit. It's, it's it actually is crazy. But right, but people that are kind of in the middle or people that are on his side, they don't look at it as like him being mean. They're just like, no, he's just trying to follow the rules. That's all. Mm-hmm. They're not looking. It's not mean. It doesn't come across as mean. It comes across as tough. tough. There's a difference between being mean and like punitive and people being like, no. We don't hate Mexicans. We just don't want them here if they're illegal. That is a concise argument. And you're right. And all this shit, he comes across as a positive guy. I'm not saying I agree with it, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying you're absolutely right. He's found a tone that works, and and he's using it to his full advantage. Also, another thing, I was watching the coverage, and one of the things they were saying, he has almost 100% name recognition, which is a huge... Is that even possible? Of course, it's a huge thing in politics. If you know the guy, that's what's hurting Bernie in a lot of communities because people don't know who the fuck uh, he is. People know who Hillary is, but that's what they spend all the money on. That's why all the ads are out mm-hmm. all the time. Ben Carson, Ben Carson, Ben Carson. You know, people already know who Trump is, so he's already starting at a fucking elevated position. Well, Junior, an unbelievable guy, and he has been with us and with us from the beginning. And I want to thank Jerry and his family. It's been amazing the relationship. So we won the evangelicals. We won with young. This is my favorite part. We won with old. We won with highly educated. We won with poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. <laughs> I think we're going to clip that one. <laughs> yeah, you do. Of course you do. We're the smartest people. We're the most loyal people. And you know what I really am happy about? Because I've been saying it for a long time. 46% with the Hispanics. 46%. Number one with Hispanics. He needs that. It's, it's strange. It's I'm, interesting. Really I mean, I'm sure. If, I'm sure if we dig dig into those numbers, which I didn't do, but uh, there's some. There, you there's know, something wh- there. Yeah. Why? What's the reason there? Be about that. So. Thank you. So I'm very proud of you. This is an amazing night. And, you know, I love the country. I love the country. We're going. 
We're going in the wrong direction. We're going to keep, as you know, Gitmo, we're keeping that open. And we're going to load it up with bad dudes. Mm-hmm. We're going to load it up with a lot of bad dudes out there. We're keeping Gitmo open and we're going to load it up with a lot of bad dudes out there. Yes. It's a fundamental lack of understanding and seriousness when it comes to an actual thing. You can't just add more people to Guantanamo Bay. That's insane. If it's just insane policy. Can. No, we can't. You can't. You you literally can't do it. That that is meant. It's a mental thing to do. It's not a. It's not a real policy. It's a, it's a crazy thing to say. We're gonna have our borders nice and strong. We're gonna build the wall. You know that. Listen to this. We're gonna build the wall. And I have a lot of respect for Mexico. And you just heard we won Hispanics. But let me tell you, Mexico is going to pay for the wall, right? Crowd goes crazy. Going to happen. This is Nevada. They know it. I know uh, it. We it. all know. Don't we want to pay for it because that's jobs? Don't don't we want jobs? I'm confused sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. It's a good question, Joey. Why don't you t- tweet him, <laughs> ask him? Be like, I got a serious question <laughs> for you. Because I will be bringing jobs back home, right? Technically, yeah. Well, just because Mexico's paying for it doesn't mean they're not going to be paying our workers. Oh, right. I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. We have a tremendous deficit. We have a trade deficit with Mexico. They'll pay for the wall. They'll be very happy about it. Believe me, I'll talk to them. They'll be very, very thrilled. They're going to be thrilled to be paying for the wall. Trump, I'm going to slap them and tell them to thank me for it. (laughs) We're going to be the smart people. We're not going to be the people that get pushed around all over the place. We're going to be the smart people. You're going to be proud of your president, and you're going to be even prouder of your country, okay? He, he is dynamic, though. There's something, that's the thing. Like, despite the words, uh-huh. the cadence, there's something very, very even comforting, I would say, about the way the guy talks. Yes. Purely from that perspective. It, 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 that's why it, it resonates with people. He's, he's, there's something there. You know what I mean? He's more charismatic. We're going we're gonna to get, this is done. This is almost done in like one minute, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get into something. Because you were saying, what was the argument that we were having before the show? Can we call it Tuesday Trump Tuesday? Right. And I was saying, well, we'll see what happens. You know, there, there's a reason why this guy's winning. The rest of the candidates, you wouldn't want them to win. It's not necessarily like he's great. But the other idiots, who's more qualified really than Trump to run, to win now at this point? Who's, who's a better candidate? We're going to get into that in a second. So tonight, folks, this was a great evening. I love this place. I love this state. I love Las Vegas. I have spent and invested so much money over here. Trump International Hotel. I keep telling Steve we have the best hotel in Las Vegas. He's fighting me all the time, but that's like... But I just want to say it's, it's a great state, and they have great people. And I was so proud. You know, I went to caucus. I was all over the place tonight. The people are amazing. The enthusiasm. It was unbelievable to see. The people of this country are absolutely amazing. I love you folks very much. Remember, make America great again. We're going to do it, and it's going to happen fast. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Oh, he put a timetable on it. We love you. Well, we love you. Fast. All right, there's Donald Trump, the winner in Nevada. This is the thing that we were talking about before the show, and then we'll get to the, the preview. He is the best candidate on the right. On the right, there are people. There's he still pulls very negatively as far as do you want Donald Trump to be the president? No. Are you going to vote for Donald Trump? Yes. The reason being, none of the other candidates are are good at all. Rubio is probably the second 
place guy, the guy that could potentially do it. But in what way is Rubio better or, or really more qualified than Trump? Trump's positions I agree with more in a lot of ways than, than Rubio. Well, Trump's more, as we said earlier, more of a Democrat than he is a Republican. Well, that's not necessarily true, but some of his positions, for example, the position he takes on, a, on the Iraq war in the Bush administration, it's a liberal position. Mm-hmm. He, I think, is more likely to... See, but I don't know, but it's hard then, because he, he says a lot of different shit. Who knows what he means? He wants to appeal Obama, repeal Obamacare, but he wants to have something better. Like, he's against the trade deals, but only because they're, they're shitty. Like, he still likes trade. I don't know. He loves the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, right. It's like, that's not democratic, but he's still better. Like, why should we trust Rubio more than Trump on anything? Because we've been told to trust Rubio exactly. more than... Exactly, because he's been elected... And he's just part of the establishment, so we assume, yeah, he's better. But he's not. But I really don't think so. What difference does it make if Trump has advisors around him? They're going to tell him the same shit that they're going to tell Rubio. And at least Trump is more likely to think for himself. If he thinks something's really a bad move, he might be able to think uh, critically. Rubio's not going to do that. For sure. Now, again, I'm not advocating for Donald Trump to be the president. I do think he's going to be the nominee, and I understand why he would, is all I'm saying. I get why people would choose him over these other uh, goofballs. There's no reason to to have them. We're going to get to the preview now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some interesting stuff, and then we got an appearance from an old friend at the end of this episode. Oh, yay. Spike Lee has endorsed Bernie Sanders in a one-minute radio spot called Wake Up. Would you like to hear this radio spot? This is playing in South Carolina days before the Democratic primary there. And this is going to help him hopefully with, with the, the 1% w- chance of winning. Well, who, yeah, who knows? I mean, it's polling. Okay. But maybe it closes the gap, and maybe it just helps long-term potentially with you know, the black community, whatever. Spike Lee's a mm-hmm. respected guy. You know, maybe it helps. Who, who knows? Here we go. Wake up. Wake up, South Carolina. This is your dude, Spike Lee. And I know that you know the system is rigged. For too long, we've given our votes to corporate puppets. Sold the okie doke. 99% of Americans were hurt by the Great Recession of 2008. And many are still recovering. And that's why I'm officially endorsing my brother, Bernie Sanders. Bernie takes no money for corporations. Nada. Which means he is not on the tape. And when Bernie gets in the White House, he will do the right thing. Ah, that's one of his movies. Bernie was at the March Hmm. on Washington with Dr. King. He was arrested in Chicago for protesting segregation and public schools. He fought for wealth and education equality throughout his whole career. No flipping, no flopping. Enough talk. Time for action. Hey, Bernie from Brooklyn, talk to the folks. I'm Bernie Sanders, Democratic candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Bernie 2016, not the billionaires. I think that's great. Thanks, Hillary. I figured she got Morgan Freeman. She did? Yeah. Fuck Morgan Freeman. How about that? (laughs) Um, Good. I think it's a nice ad. That's fun. It's not negative. I mean, most of what Bernie's put out there has been pretty positive. That's a fun ad. I don't think it's going to help necessarily, but cool. I love Spike Lee, and I think he's good. He's a good filmmaker. Love it. You know what? I'm going to do it. What? Bernie is going to win. What? I am predicting it right now. All right. Against all possibility. (laughs) I think that's a foolhardy uh, choice there, but I hope you're right. Bernie is going to win Carolina. You heard it here first, folks. Jeffrey Liu, you ready for this? Got a uh-huh. little bit of a Hillary uh, update here. Jeffrey Liu of S&P Capital's IQ Healthcare Equity Research. In a report titled Healthcare, Our 2016 Outlook, 
uh, says that Hillary should be the industry's preferred choice. And I have his quote. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. Overall, we believe the best scenario for healthcare investors is a Democrat, presumably Hillary Clinton, winning the presidency as we anticipate the Republicans retaining control of Congress. In this scenario, in spite of Clinton's numerous, quote, threats to rein in drug prices, allowing the reimportation of drugs and allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices, we believe it's highly unlikely Clinton will be able to pass these initiatives through a Republican-controlled Congress. Conversely, the Republicans' efforts to repeal health care reform will be thwarted by a Clinton veto as we do not anticipate the Republican obtaining the two-thirds votes to override a veto. So the healthcare industry is like yeah, winning. Yeah, winning. We're gonna want Hillary in there because she's not gonna try to change this shit and it's just gonna result in a stalemate. So they're happy with that. They would not be happy with old Bernie Sanders getting in there because he's gonna upset the apple card. Or Trump who overturns it and fixes it. Who knows what that goof is going to do, but they're not going to overturn Obamacare. They're not going to repeal it. It is not going to happen. The, the fucking... It's not going to happen. Just please stop it. Because Obama's going to get his own pick in there for the Supreme Court, right? So mm -hmm. it's going to be shifted towards the left. They're not going to overturn it then. And the court with Scalia on it upheld Obama the Obamacare ruling. They put it into law. So stop it. That's a nonsense. They're not going to do that. Hillary Clinton, I got a one-minute clip here, and then we'll last mm -hmm. thing, and then we'll close out. Hillary Clinton on her big bank speeches. There was some town hall or something. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch it because I was sick over the weekend. I missed all this stuff. But this is Hillary talking about her big bank speeches. She makes a comment that's really frustrating, and then I have an interesting little Bernie thing to, to pop in there when she's talking about it. You give your transcripts of speeches. That's what you said. When the others give, then I'll give. He said he doesn't have the bank speeches. If he can find any of the speeches that he did give for money, he will gladly give the transcripts up. So will you agree to release these transcripts? They have become an issue. Bernie apparently gave some big bank speeches, mm -hmm. which is really concerning. These are the stats on Bernie Sanders' big bank speeches. Bernie made three speeches. Do you know how much he got paid? A thousand for each one. He got paid one thousand eight hundred sixty-seven dollars and forty-two cents total. Oh, for three of donating them? the money to charity. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's a little okay. Oof, sigh of relief. It's a little different than the seven hundred thousand a speech she was getting from Goldman Sachs. Yes. Bernie, Bernie made a thousand dollars. It's not the. It's so funny. Like he's like, I don't know. I don't have a fucking stenographer writing down what I said to the banks. Is that is that cute? It'd be awesome if they could get what he was saying now. Yeah, it's probably just like, you, you got to wise it up. Uh, all right, this is, uh, this is Hillary. This is just like a minute clip. Let, let's hear what she has to say about releasing her transcripts. Sure, if everybody does it, and that includes the Republicans. Because oh, yeah, we of know course. they have uh, made a lot of speeches, but look. Oh, so Hillary's standard. Is going to be the Republican the Republicans. standard. Isn't that, isn't that adorable? This yes. is the standard bearer. This is the, the progressive that likes to get stuff done. She's being progressive, all right? Yeah, she's fucking... Progressively protecting herself. Yeah, exactly. Progressing towards the White House without having to do any real, uh, real work. What is this about? This is about whether I have the best plan to go after Wall Street. You don't! Whether I have a record that already demonstrates you my don't. willingness to take on Wall Street and financial uh, interests. And there's no question about that. I did it before. No, there certainly is a, a numerous question. That's why this is a dogfight and you're not just running away. With you know, it's really a shame that was in another debate before Carolina. I mean, do, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they like, really foobawed that whole thing up. I guess, but they don't want the, the Democrat. Again, this is the Democratic uh, committee. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she supports Clinton. They don't want this to be a thing where more people get to see Bernie more often. That's there not should be another want. one even before Super Tuesday. 
I mean, at this point, what difference is it? I mean, we've watched all the debates. It's, yeah, it ends up being a lot of the same stuff. If people aren't paying, the problem is people don't pay attention. Yeah. They wait. A lot of people have the attitude of, well, I'll wait to see who gets the nomination and then I'll decide. But you're not really deciding at that point. You're either a Democrat or Republican or you're an asshole, right? I mean, <laughs> well, what are you? You're an independent, but you're going to go. You, you know who you're going to go with pretty much. Who? How could you possibly be decided? It's not a real choice. You either agree with what one side says or you agree with what the other side says or there's a third person that you just kind of agree with, but they can't win, right? Yes. The 08 crash, I have done it since in this campaign. I have been absolutely Wait, clear. Hillary's wearing a lot of, like, kimonos or something lately. It's interesting. Uh, my mom has a theory on that. Oh, by all means. Bonnie Noe, what do you got to say about this thing? Um, she thinks Hillary is gaining weight, uh-huh. and they're trying to mask it. By having a button at the top and then it kind of like pleats out towards the hips a little bit. Uh-huh. Look, it's, a, it's a, a, everything that she wears in general, especially with all the colors and everything. Sure. So. Well, look, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to, we're not going to comment it. Whatever. She's a woman running. I wouldn't say it about Bernie. Although we say it about Cruz. Cruz looked like he put on a little bit of weight too. It's a little stress eating possibly, but yeah, I mean, Hillary could be probably put on a little bit of weight. She's out on the road. She's eating probably crappy, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. That doesn't, but it's not a problem, but sure. I mean, of course they're going to try to accept, make her look, as fit and you know good as possible yes but that's not something i'm bringing up i mean it's a little sexist but whatever and a lot of people have said i have the most comprehensive comprehensive plan to make sure that wall street never wrecks main street again i've also said i will use the tools that president obama achieved in the dodd frank uh regulations best tightest regulations we've had in a long time and they provide the opportunity to break up the banks, if they... Hillary Clinton is not going to break up the big banks. She also keeps saying, we'll break them up. They provides the tools to break them up if they do something. Mm-hmm. They already did something, and they continue to do it. There's no logical, rational reason to keep these banks existing the way they are. They're too big to fail, so they are too big then. That's crazy. It's a crazy thing that she says, where she's like, well, we're not going to rush to judgment, because if they do something, we have the tools to do it. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You know what happened, and you know that they're not stopping their bad behavior illegal behavior fraudulent behavior they need to be broken up it's that it's very very simple it's not a wait and see we already saw let's do something about it oh systemic risks and i've said that i would do that uh if that uh, becomes the case all the more reason to move this as an issue you know everybody's not going to bring up uh, their transcripts there'll be a well, hundred reasons why, why is there one standard for me and not for everybody else Chris. I mean, oh how dare you clap at that you fucking audience but there's a different standard for you because everybody assumes you're going to be the president. You're one of two Democrats who are supposed to be the party that's against this shit. So, yeah, you're held to a higher standard than Ben Carson. What, you're shocked by that? Nobody expects Ben Carson. This is what Ta-Nehisi Coates was talking about with the reparations thing. Uh, nobody expects Hillary to be for reparations. So Bernie's being held to a standard that she wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. She's going to complain about that? I'm She's not even going to bring Joey. it up. I'm out on her. I won't be voting for her if she gets the nomination. I won't be voting for any of the Democrats either. You voted for Trump, right? Yeah, well, (laughs) obviously, yeah. No, but you know what I mean? It's like it's it's Bernie or bust. That's how I feel. Bernie or bust. This is the last thing, and this is a big one. I think this is a hint of things to come. Mitt Romney peeks his salt and pepper head over the campaign fence, weighing in on Trump's tax returns. I have a little quote here about from Mitt Romney. 
I think in Donald Trump, I'm going to read it as Romney. I do a pretty good, okay. it's not a good Romney impression, but I like to think of him as a robot. So this is like Mitt Romney as a robot. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash mandatory times, you can see what I do with my hands. But th- I talk like the Romney bot, and this is the quote Mitt Romney had about Donald Trump. I think, it, I think in Donald Trump's case, it's likely to be a bombshell. Speculating the reason the businessman had not made his returns available to the public is because he may not have as much income as advertised or even worse that he didn't pay any taxes. I Mitt Romney. That's my Mitt Romney impression. Mm-hmm. It's not great. Give me a little, you know. I'm pretty sure Donald is on the up and up on his taxes. I don't agree. I think I think Romney's onto something there. I think it's true. It's crazy that there hasn't been any kind of anything coming out about Trump. This is what I was alluding to before, and this mm-hmm. is what we'll wrap up with. Say Trump wins the nomination. I mean, really wraps it up on, on Super Tuesday. Yeah. Gets a shitload of delegates, and it doesn't seem like he's beatable. People are going to drop out, and he'll be the nominee from Tuesday, pretty much. Mm-hmm. The longer Donald Trump is the nominee, the longer the media has to dig into his background. The longer the establishment has to start building up Mitt Romney to get to a convention to potentially be the guy that they put in in Trump's place. On top of that... The longer that Trump is out there as the nominee, we know it's going to be Bernie or Hillary versus Trump, right? Unless mm-hmm. it's a broker convention, but whatever. The wisdom will be, the narrative will be that Trump is the guy. We'll start to look at who can actually beat Donald Trump. Who's more likely to beat Donald Trump? Is it Hillary Clinton, who's polling less well against Trump than Bernie Sanders is? That's only going to help Bernie because we can't risk. The argument could be we cannot risk Donald Trump being the president as much as we'd like it to be Hillary. If she's only polling 4 or 5% against Trump in head-to-head and Bernie, say, at 15 18%, how are you not going to justify getting behind Bernie Sanders as the establishment of the Democratic Party? We'd rather lose with Hillary than win with Bernie? Oh, it's going to be a fun game. It's always a fun game, Joey. It's, it never ends. You think you win, it never ends. We'll see what happens. This is all speculation on my part but it's interesting that romney is popping out here to say something because that's the guy that they would put in well i'll be honest with you trump's been in this for a long time now i'm assuming if there was any skeletons in the closet it would have came out by now you know when would be the ideal time to drop a skeleton is it better to let one of the other establishment guys win the primary or let trump eliminate them all and then drop the bomb on him and then you, uh, you have and then to go to Plan absolute, B. Yeah, exactly. And then cause absolute chaos in the Republic. Trump is Plan B. They'd have to go to Plan <laughs> C. You know what I mean? They'd have to go to Plan C. We'd have Cruise, to see what right? happens. Plan C is cruise. No, I, I, Plan C is Romney. It's a brokered convention, and that's the thing. But that's a that seems like an absolutely crazy thing because Trump will then accuse them. He'll sue Cruz. It'll be a whole nightmare. And then meanwhile, on the other side, you just got to figure out who can win, Bernie or Hillary fascinating stuff joey yes that's my take on it good episode great episode i'm really happy i'm I'm happy to be back healthy strong again strong as an ox like normal uh you're feeling all right right yeah i feel great thank you good i'm really happy to hear that shelby thank you sir for producing the program we really appreciate it as always shelby gave me the little thumbs up over there he enjoyed it samsonites itunes you can go on there you can find the podcast you can rate review tell me if you're a samsonite a nobody whatever you think um that'd be great it really helps i'd love to get up those charts it would make me so happy to see the mandatory samson in the top 200 news and politics that'd be awesome i'd love it the higher we get up the better the show is going to be the bigger guests we can get could be a pretty big deal soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson you go on there listen to all the old episodes of the podcast listen to the newest episode of the podcast and you can leave a comment on the track let us know what you think the kesha stuff um 
what, whatever else we talked what, what else do we want people to weigh in on this week the charter school yeah the charter school thing exactly right so you can go on there you can leave a comment we'll get back to you youtube.com slash mandatory samson you can go on there watch full episodes of the program you can see our smiling faces the clips we're looking at and you can also watch the show stream live every thursday at 4 p.m there's a link on there very easy you can also check out the show on stitcher i, I didn't even realize we were on stitcher but that's a place you can listen oh, okay. to it. so that makes you happy you can check it out mandatory samson at gmail.com you can email us uh, i get back to all the emails uh, sticker requests whatever i always respond to you guys and i send the stickers out promptly uh twitter.com slash mansamp twitter.com slash joey from jersey jersey with a z same on snapchat you can also follow uh our production uh our producer over there shelby classic shelb you can check him out um <laughs> he, he gave a thumbs down to that leave him alone <laughs> Uh, all right, listen, we love you guys. We got a big episode, I think, coming next week, Super Tuesday. God knows what else is going to happen. I promise we'll be on top of it. Please join us again. We love you. We'll talk to you then.